Hey guys, and welcome to Hacked Off. In this episode, I wanted to talk about the differences between penetration testing and bug bounties. I don't want to lead this up to which one you should go for or which one's the best. I just want to talk about the fact that they're both methods of testing the security of an organization's systems and how they differ. How maybe one might be the right solution for you and the other one might be the right solution for you. So let's talk a little bit about the pros and cons of pen testing and bug bounties. I want to talk about this uh, both in terms of as customers, maybe you're interested in getting a security test and you just want to be informed of what the differences are, but also from a recruitment point of view, if you're a person who's interested in the technical side of security and that's why you're listening to episodes like this, maybe I can convince you that security testing is a cool career and you might want to check it out just for a long-term goal. You know, get involved. Security testing is certainly interesting. So starting at the beginning, I won't dwell on the definitions, but just so that we all know what we're talking about. Penetration testing is a security assessment of an organization's systems, which is consultant-led. So it's a manual approach. A person sits down and does a methodical assessment of the security of your system. Sometimes you'll hear terms like deep dive, where we're trying to differentiate between automated security tests like vulnerability scans and penetration tests. Bug bounties, on the other hand, aren't time boxed in the same way. You're not paying for a consultant to come in for a few days. You're just allowing people on the internet to take a look at your systems. And if they find some security vulnerability, then they can report that to you and you can address it. So one of the biggest differences, of course, is that the penetration test will have a specific and probably static cost associated with that. Not static in terms of all pen tests cost the same, but because it's a human-led approach where we're going to look at everything, depending on the scale and complexity of a system, there'll be an amount of time required for that. And every time you have a pen test, say, for example, you have one once a year, the cost would be expected to be relatively the same. Whereas with a bug bounty, what you're doing here is allowing security researchers to come and take a look at your systems. And if they find vulnerabilities, you're paying them based on the findings, that's very different. So instead of paying upfront for a security assessment, you're paying per vulnerability. Certainly a different approach. One of the things that generally comes up, though, as a negative to bug bounties is, well, if you're just saying to, to the internet, if you're saying, saying you're doing a, a completely self-managed approach, you're just going to put a page on your website that says, hey, hackers, and if you manage it, we'll give you some money. How do you know how deep that assessment was? How do you know how many people looked and for what kinds of issues they looked for? If you're not getting any reports, does that mean there aren't any vulnerabilities or just that no one's looking? So the difference between a penetration test and a bug bounty in, in most cases is with the penetration test, you get that nice uh, proof of work. You can talk to the consultant about, hey, what did you look for and in what ways? Or some organizations prefer to get you know, a methodology document ahead of time. In what, in what ways are you going to assess our systems? That's not to say that that isn't possible through bug bounties where you can have some kind of approach where you can see the kinds of work that uh, researchers have been up to. But it is a concern for a lot of people. You know, if you're not getting security reports, why is that? I did mention as well this kind of self-managed thing with, with bug bounties. There's different ways of approaching them, just the implementation of it. You can either do it yourself and just put a page in your website that says what the rules of engagement are, or there's third parties out there that'll do managed bug bounty systems for you. 
But either way, no matter how you look at it, you're going to be getting security reports and you're going to have to address those in some way. It's non-trivial to set up a bug bounty. You know, you can't just put a page on the site and say hackers because you would need some team in some way, either in-house or externally, who can triage those vulnerabilities. Are they as critical as the security researcher says they are? For one thing, you know, do they include all of the information that you need? It's not unusual to see bug bounties that will pay higher bounties based on the quality of the report. So it's not only, you know, the severity of the uh, vulnerability, but it's also, you know, how useful was the report. I think that isn't necessarily a concern with penetration testing. Generally, when you engage a penetration testing company, you know, you can ask for sample reports, you can ask to see their methodology. And also it can be an ongoing relationship with the, the consultant to say, hey, if when you deliver the report, if we need some more information about vulnerability, can we gather that? So both of those things can be addressed in the same way, but I don't want you guys thinking that, you know, bug bounties is just an easier solution to um, vulnerabilities. You know, how you just get an email and that's it. There's another issue with bug bounties as well, and that's uh, effectively just keeping the researchers happy. When I do a penetration test and I write the report, I deliver that report to the client, and we can have a conversation about the findings, and we'll talk about things like vulnerabilities that they already knew about, vulnerabilities that were found on the previous tests and those kinds of things. One of the reasons that I want to kind of weasel that kind of information out from a customer is, if this test, uh, if this vulnerability was found on a previous test, maybe that's just because they're having difficulty dealing with it or difficulty, you know, understanding the remediation, those kinds of things. Whereas on a book bounty, if a duplicate issue is reported, very often a company will only pay for the initial finding. So I'll say a bug hunter or a person who is a security researcher who's looking for vulnerabilities in a bug bounty wants to find a vulnerability and then get their payout because that's, you know, that's how they're getting paid is finding vulnerabilities. That can frustrate them greatly if every vulnerability that they're submitting to your um, security uh, email address is just coming back as you know, duplicate, no payout. That can frustrate them in that way. So there's some management there just in terms of letting people know which vulnerabilities you know about without effectively having just a list of all of the vulnerabilities in your system being public. So it's a difficult thing. Not to say that you should do that to publish all of the vulnerabilities, but if bug hunters are kind of getting this impression from your organization that you're slow to respond to vulnerabilities or if all the vulnerabilities they're finding are just getting marked as duplicate and not being paired out, then that'll discourage them. And if you're discouraging bug bounty uh, hunters, bug hunters from looking at your system, then maybe they'll look a little bit less. And that's uh, not so great when you're trying to find information out about vulnerabilities. There's also difficulty with bug bounties, not to bully bug bounties and, and kind of talk down on them, but there's a difficulty with the reports. I mentioned earlier this could be that the uh, report quality isn't necessarily guaranteed, but it's also an issue in terms of where the bug hunter and the organization themselves disagree with the criticality of a vulnerability. Now, when that comes up in a penetration test, if a client disagrees with the grading that I've given to a vulnerability, we can have a discussion there where I can give uh, additional evidence as to you know, why I've graded that in that way. We can open a discussion. Whereas in the context of a bug bounty, very often the criticality of the vulnerability is what's determining the level of payout. So you could also almost say that an organization is kind of incentivized to lower the criticality of the vulnerability so that they're paying out less. And some bug, bug hunters would, you know, get a negative impression from that. 
But just taking a step back there from this approach where you're either getting a consultant to look directly at the vulnerabilities that you have in a system or just advertising to security researchers to come and take a look and see what they find, there's going to be differences in the output, both good and bad. For one thing with a penetration test, if you take the traditional way of looking at uh, a pen test of, you know, get an annual assessment or something like that, there's a problem there, and this is in the meantime to detection. So if you're only security testing is through penetration testing, you know, you don't do anything else like ASV scans, vulnerability scans, those kinds of things. If you're just saying, okay, we have a pen test once a year and that's it, what if a new vulnerability comes out after the penetration test? Or what if you make a small system change that you don't think is big enough, uh, important enough to warrant a new penetration test, but it causes some security impact? That might mean that you don't have another security test for a year and your mean time to detection, how long it takes you to discover a new vulnerability is huge. So that's a bad thing for penetration testing. On the bug bounty side of things, though, we can pick that up faster. We can have uh, more continuous testing. Isn't the only way to do it. Like I mentioned earlier, you could do vulnerability scanning and those kinds of things. But penetration testing has an inherent uh, mean time to detection issue. A thing in terms of bug bounties, which is a negative, would be when you advertise to uh, security researchers and hackers on the internet that you would like them to test the security of your systems you're probably going to want to limit the ways that they can test and uh, kind of effectively set up some rules of engagement and say, hey, you know, we don't want a disruptive testing. We don't want denial of service testing and those kinds of things. And the problem is if you have, you know, bug hunters that don't stick to those rules so much. An extreme example of this would be what happened to Uber a little while ago. So Uber have a, a bug bounty program and they're advertised to attackers that they could take a look for security issues in their systems and if they find them, they would pay out a, a bounty amount. If you find a vulnerability, it's legitimate, not a duplicate and has a business impact, they'll pay for that. What actually happened to Uber, it's a little bit of a complicated situation, but the short story there is that some security researchers found a vulnerability in Uber systems that allowed them to access a lot of personal data. So it was, you know, names, addresses, that kind of thing. Generally, when we're talking about um, breaches, the attacker gained access to significant amounts of this data and then effectively held that to ransom against Uber. Uber paid the attackers $100,000 to get rid of the data, but there's problems there around how the management of the security testing works, you know? Who's setting what the amount should be? Are you setting it based on your view of the impact? Or is it the security researcher who's coming in and saying, you know, we want this amount of money to give you the information? So there's a balance there. And in the case of Uber, it didn't go so well. There's also difficulty here in terms of um, the exposure when a vulnerability is found. So you would expect that the security researcher should take the minimum amount of data required to prove the issue. If we can show that your system's leaking personal data and those kinds of things, you, know, you should only take the smallest amount possible to prove the vulnerability. If you have penetration testers and you have a very close relationship with the security assessors, you can control that kind of thing quite easily. Some organizations even have it so that penetration tests happen in their offices. You know, we go to them and at the end of the assessment, they'll, they want the hard disks from us so they can you know, show that all of the data was destroyed and that kind of thing. 
And that's very simple with a penetration test. It's a little bit inconvenient for the consultant to have to go to the client site and have their hard disk erased at the end of the assessment, but it allows the company a lot of control over what's happening with their data. Whereas on the flip side of that, with bug bounties of just saying, hey, anyone can hack us, it makes that a lot harder, just that management of what happens when a vulnerability is discovered. Now, there is a benefit to uh, all bug bounties in terms of just having uh, a set of rules of engagement, regardless of whether bug bounties is your main type of security assessment or penetration testing is your main type of security assessment, because sometimes you can stumble across a vulnerability or you can uh, find an issue in a system just passively. Maybe you uh, visit a website and you notice that on one of the pages it's disclosing personal information and you'd like to tell that company about that. Or maybe they've got something silly like a, you know, SSL certificates expired or something like that. An example of a vulnerability where you can uh, see that that situation has occurred without, you know, running attack tools and things like that. And you might want to disclose that to the organization. So a company should have some point of contact, some way of performing coordinated disclosure with them. That might be something as easy as an email address where, hey, if you find an issue and you want to let us know about it, disclose it to us. An example of where this kind of thing has gone wrong in the past was a situation with York Council where a person discovered a page on their application was disclosing personal data. It was the personal records of 6,000 people. It was names, addresses, telephone numbers, the standard kind of thing you would expect. That security researcher reported it to York Council and York Council not having at the time necessarily these things prepared realized that from this uh, contact they'd received from the security researcher, that a security vulnerability had occurred, that it had been exploited by someone, and that some personal data had gone uh, had been taken. And they maybe had a, an aggressive response to that. One of the things that they did was they reported the security researcher to North Yorkshire Police, which is possibly a bad thing for the researcher's point of view. But you can imagine with this kind of bug bounty approach, uh, there is definitely some difficulties in communication there between what do you do if the researcher doesn't follow the rules of engagement? What if you do if just the researcher doesn't understand the rules of engagement? And bug bounties can be harder in that particular case. But that York, York Council example was just one of those where it, it went a little bit wrong. It, it wasn't necessarily managed as well as it could have been. I mentioned earlier kind of managed versus unmanaged bug bounties. What we're talking about here is where either you handle everything in-house or you handle everything through a third party. Now, just because you're... Uh, outsourcing bug bounties doesn't mean the problem of a bug bounty goes away. You're still going to need somebody to be triaging and reacting to those vulnerability disclosures. And that can be difficult. Implementing a bug bounty can be a good thing, but it's a non-trivial thing to do. So just to summarize everything that I've been talking about there, penetration testing and bug bounties are both ways of trying to approach the same thing. It's a security testing methodology where you're trying to find information out about security vulnerabilities that might exist in your system. Now, I started at the beginning and said, we're going to talk about this as penetration testing versus bug bounties. And I guess that implies that you should only have one of these. And really, that isn't the case. They're different approaches to the same thing. But some organizations find the best thing for them is to do both, to have annual security testing through penetration testing so that they know they have that deep dive and they know that they've got coverage, but also to have uh, bug bounties as an available thing so that if some new vulnerability comes up, they can deal with the mean time to detection that I mentioned earlier. Or 
uh, as that example I gave a second ago, they can just have, if somebody discovers passively, not doing security testing, but just passively finds a vulnerability, then know who simply to report that issue to so that it can be addressed. One more thing on the difference between pen testing and bug bounties that I didn't mention earlier was the standardization of the response. So if you have penetration testing through a provider, you know what the quality of the report's going to look like, you know what the format of the report's going to look like and things like that. And with bug bounties, you maybe don't necessarily have that. So there's lots of pros and cons either way, but you don't necessarily have to settle on either one. So I'm curious, guys, um, is do you think there's anything that I haven't mentioned in terms of pen testing versus bug bounties? Did I leave out any kind of benefit for one side of the other that you think's important and should be mentioned? And I'm also curious to see for those organizations that are listening to this to see what they should do for security testing, well, what have you done in the past? What does your organization rely on at the moment? Are you team pen testing or are you team bug bounties? Let us know in the comment section or of course you can always send us a tweet.